What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Well, thank God we fucking asked. Do you swear or not like your dad, Martin Sheen? And Emilio Estevez said, yes, fuck, yes, I swear. Oh, happy fucking happy hour, Emilio Estevez. <laughs> I do, you know, and my father, yeah, he used to. Your, he used to your swear mom. quite a bit. And it's actually, it's, it's historically uh, documented in, in Apocalypse Now. He's, yeah. he's the well, fuck all all throughout it's it. written but he had to say that that's he written did. for him he, was he did but now on grace and frank you know he'll go through the script and he'll say i'm not saying that. Oh. did he tell you when he was here yes yeah. he'll okay. just cross it out and Come so marta marta kaufman the uh, yeah. show creator just shakes her head she realizes that she's not going to get a fuck out of martin <laughs> your your lovely mom said martin's a prude i have to i have to do all the fucks for him because your mom made our, our shirts trump grabbed me by the country spelled uh you know see you in properly yeah, Trump grabbed my country. Right, and so way to go. Clearly, mom. your mom's the potty. <laughs> she is indeed. She's well. You know, she's born in Cincinnati and raised in Kentucky. Yeah, uh, in a little holler called uh, Salyersville. Yeah, and I think that's how they talked over there. Okay, yeah. I'm in love with every member of your family. Can I just let's just take a second? Okay, so <laughs> I ran into them at Lawrence O'Donnell's book party. She gave me her T-shirt. I talked to her and your dad. We all fell in love, not not in a three way, but in a in a very Catholic, you know, pure way, sure. Emilio. And then she sent us stickers, and so then <laughs> your dad, Martin Sheen, came and did the thing. And I, so I've, okay, I've emailed with her. I've talked to your dad on the phone for forty minutes. I've talked to you for forty five minutes on the phone. And I said to your mom, I'm like, God is my witness. I will fucking marry into this family, one way or another. <laughs> I said to my friend, I'm like, who is this nice? No one is this nice. You are the nicest people in the world. Forget Hollywood. We're Midwesterners, man. We're, we're Buckeyes. Your mom's like, come to Malibu anytime. I'm like, you're going to regret that invitation. Knock, knock. Exterior shot. Stephanie Miller and scuba gear. She never gave you the address. <laughs> she did. That. did. She, she sent me a did card she? with okay. her home phone. <laughs> who does that? Nobody. Um... I can't. I don't even know where to start with you. I'm so in love with you. You are, first of all, 
oh my god you're so dreamy it's like it's not even like what i expected in person with the blue eyes and the whatever and you're single now and i'm so much less gay than like 20 minutes ago (laughs) (laughs) well we'll fix that god is my witness i'll marry into this family this just got really weird (laughs) <laughs> what does mom say when I knock at the door and I'm like, hi, I have scuba gear and I'm engaged to Emilio. She'd be so happy. She just wants to see me happy. <laughs> me too. Um, I don't even know where to start. I, I, first of all, I'm so thrilled about your new movie. I have watched the trailer. I've read the reviews. You just debuted at Santa Barbara Film Festival. That's right. uh, listen, you thought I was going to start with Breakfast Club and I am fucking obsessed with that, but I'm going to go. Because uh, this film looks so amazing. Alec Baldwin, Christian Slater, you. I mean, this amazing cast. But like Jeffrey your Wright, dad. Michael K. Williams, Gabrielle Union, Taylor yeah. Schilling, and but Jenna I mean, Malone. I mean, we were, we, we lucked out. Right. But like your dad, you're like, it, it, it's this amazing, uh, you know, uh, progressive message while being great entertainment and great acting and all of that. What? So wait, what, what was this like? So this obviously started young. Your dad is extra crispy fucking bucket of Catholic. We talked about it because my dad was very Catholic, and we bonded over that. Your mom was, what, evangelical, right? Raised evangelical, but okay. no longer practicing. Okay. Fact, that's, that was the big rift in there in, in how they were going to raise the children. My dad wanted us all to be Catholic and be raised Catholic, go to Catholic school, and my mom said, no, it's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so wait, born in Staten Island, as they say, with no T. Staten Island. Staten Island. Yeah. Hey. Mr. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so, but wait, when did you move and then your dad's career took off? I'm so, told. I'm so, told he has a... So we moved out of New York in 1969. Okay. And, You're uh, my age, by the way. Right. So I'm, I was born yeah. 62. You were I'm 61. 61. Yeah. yeah. I'm so, your adult supervision I'm for this. You're robbing the cradle. <laughs> And we moved to Mexico. We went to, uh, to my dad got cast in a film called Catch-22. Yeah. And um, that starred everyone, uh, Orson Welles and yeah. John Voight and endless cast. Yeah. And so uh, the folks decided that after Mexico, they weren't going to go back to New York. They were going to come to California and make a, uh, make a go at it in the movies. Uh, so we, we got on a train. We went to Nogales. We crossed the border on foot, uh, carrying literally everything that we owned, rented a car, and drove to California. And our first stop was the Ambassador Hotel in Los wow. Angeles. My dad says, because you know, Bobby had been killed. The, wow, the, your the, film, Bobby, well, that's where that started. Well, he'd been killed the year started. before. Yeah, so yeah. He, I remember he, my father walking me through the Ambassador Hotel, holding my hand and saying, this is, this is where the music died, essentially. This is where it all yeah. changed. This, is where, this was the end of decency. And, and not really understanding it at six years old. Yeah. But, um, and that was way before Trump. <sighs> the end of decency. Oh, God. Okay, all right. <laughs> Let's try to snap back to reality. But you're right. I mean, I, and I thought, what a you're right. Interesting connection with your family. Your dad's played JFK. You did and the Bobby. film Bobby. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so, but I mean, so obviously, like you had this passion very young about politics and causes and all that stuff. Yeah. And then watching him get arrested. I think my father's been arrested 68 times. We tried uh, another one for DUI when he was here, but he doesn't <laughs> drink, so that went awry. I wanted to be going to the replica books, Travis. God damn it. We, we, we do, we're helpers. If that potty mouth Janet was here, we could have gotten him. Yes. We could have gotten him sloshed and arrested for the 69th time. <laughs> he felt he had to tell me it was for activism. I'm like, I know, Martin. 
you know, one time he got arrested at Vandenberg, as a matter of fact, and uh, he wasn't planning on being arrested. But he, but Wait, the, you plan the, on being arrested? Well, I, you know, oftentimes he'll yes. go with a support group that can get Haven't him out. Haven't you been watching Grace and Frankie? There was a gay play. They knew there was going to be protest. All right, go ahead. No, no, no. So, so he, um, he, was, uh, he went there to – the crowd had gotten a bit unruly, and he was backing up and saying, hey, you know, relax. Everybody settle down. Yeah. And as he was backing up, he crossed the line, and he went from that to this. Yeah. And was t- taken away in a, yeah. in a paddy wagon. Yeah. Um, what an amazing family. What an ama- So wait, uh, they're in Malibu. You're, you were in Malibu. Okay, wait. We have to stop this, Travis. He made this amazing film in Ohio, and he has now sold his house here. He's go- moving to Ohio, and I only have tonight to stop it. <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> because, what do you got to offer? Because, no, but you're... <laughs> you have been talking to Janet Cheney. Yes. Yes. You have been. Oh my God! It's we're a conspiracy. So, she's so like my mother-in-law already. We're already conspiring. I'm like, they want to keep me to Ohio. I know. And you know what? I was there uh, last year from uh, well, of course, to make the film. But I went back in September. I was there to December. I filled up my car. Yeah. One time. Once. It's a walking city. I can walk to Kentucky. I can go to great bourbon bars there. There's terrific. Right. Uh, but isn't it like when you go to Hawaii and you buy that awful shirt and you think I'll I'll wear this and then you don't? Like, do you really? I understand you made a really important film there, Emilio, but do you really think that you want to be away from me and, and Martin and Janet, as we call each other? You know, that's a, that's a really good question, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to test it. I'm going to have to go out there and see just how long I can last. Because, uh, <laughs> but they're it. from there, right? That You have they roots. You have, yeah. Ohio, you have Buckeye blood. I do. Yeah. I have Buckeye in my blood. My dad's yeah. from Dayton. My mom's from Cincy. You brought and, uh, wine. And I, and I, I, I brought wine. I brought beer from, from downtown Cincinnati. This is from OTR. Which is, uh, which is short for Over the Rhine, and, it, and OTR is the oldest historically preserved neighborhood in America. Wow. Nice. All right, so I, where do we even start here? You're on camera, I, drink. Okay, well, this is why we have Sean here, because he's, uh, you know, a stem cell, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm a thousand years old. Wait, but it is what amazing. Does that make me? He's like, nobody, because you're like my age, and he's like, Mighty Ducks, that's all I remember. And I was like, I, not man. All I man. I'm like, Breakfast Club is oh I mean, first of all i went to usc acting school with ali sheedy so like oh, wow. the brat pack was let's review let's review everybody Emilio estevez ali sheedy rob lowe molly ringwald judd nelson uh, andrew mccarthy yes yes who else i don't listen anthony I'm, michael hall was he? i'm anthony too old michael right now. i suppose yeah you did yeah honorary member yeah but that was a fucking thing man for people of my age like that was the Brat Pack was uh, and how did that even start it was obviously take off the Rat Pack which was the Frank Sinatra yeah in truth um, I the New York Magazine was going to do a a feature specifically on me and I I was embarrassed I thought you know I don't want all this attention so I said why don't I take the writer with me to the set to out with the guys and introduce him to everybody and and, and I'm an ensemble guy I'm not sort of like it's all about me I, I, I really thrive in an ensemble film and an ensemble environment where I can lean on people. Well, the guy took that as an invitation to write about all of us. Right. And the Brat Pack was born. Yeah. Well, ironically, you're like the least bratty of any <laughs> Hollywood person Seriously. ever. Um, wow. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Well, and, okay, can I just tell you one thing? All right. Here's when I first fell in love with you. Okay, so my brother was a wrestler. <laughs> This is blush. probably why <laughs> I know, I know. 
why I I'm a, I'm a junior dyke because my brother used to practice his wrestling moves on me. I had to go to his wrestling matches. I know how to do a half Nelson. What's the thing where you do the this thing and that thing? What's that thing? Uh, Not the, the half Nelson is this thing. And he, then the he just other played thing a wrestler is, in a movie. I, exactly. You, it was, I, you played a wrestler in a movie. 32 years That's ago. My I'm point, sure I Travis. Try to pay attention. Yes. So I figured, I was like, wow, you really did some research on on wrestling because when you took judd nelson down i was like oh he's that's a good move he really did a fucking is that a half nelson <laughs> i don't know I, chicken I would go. assume <laughs> with judd nelson it's a half, it would actually look like a full it's nelson. Full nelson with judd yeah. nelson you have to go full nelson <laughs> but i was anyway i was like wow he really knows what he's doing he's studied i i think i just got lucky I was my brother's wrestling dummy. I didn't want to be, but I was just like, ow, okay, right, that worked. <laughs> but what, so what was the experience of making all these films with these same people? Because you all, you know, I mean, obviously it's acting, but you all seemed like really good friends. And you actually famously, your dad got a movie camera when you were a kid. That's right. And yeah. you made movies yeah. with your brother Charlie, with right. Rob Lowe, Chad Lowe, right. who else? Sean Ben and... <laughs> Chris Penn. I mean, they, we were all neighbors. And Any so, talent or just a, just no, random? No, in fact, my mom actually saw some of those films much later, and they were god-awful. And she said, my God, it's amazing. Any of you ever had a career? <laughs> <laughs> they were awful. Uh, but, you know, when you're a young actor and you just and you go out on an audition and yeah. somebody says yes, you, and you're, you got the job, I mean, you're so grateful. Yeah. You're just so damn grateful to have the role. And you, you, know, you yeah. know a lot of actors and you know what happens out there. And you, you're going from audition to audition. I think yeah. the day I auditioned for Breakfast Club, I also auditioned for a, 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 a Taco Bell commercial and, and that show Chips. <laughs> and I got a call back. You could have been Conch? It's <laughs> oh, a guest star on Chips, right? <laughs> so, so it, and, and then and it just happened that they said yes. I, and I remember another. I, I actually auditioned for John Hughes before that um, for his film Six, Sixteen Candles. Sixteen Candles, okay. yeah. And the casting director and I, man, I walked out of the room and I was like, I fucking, I fucking it. nailed it. I nailed it. I and I'm doing the fist pumps and all that. And the casting director says, Hey, yeah, no, you're not going to get this part. You're not going to get it. He says, But I said, But why? Well, you know, you're crushed. And he says, uh, I need you to go. And I was, that was a university. He says, I need you to get in your car. I need you to drive to Venice. There's a British. Uh, a director there, Vicky Thomas is is casting this film. It's it's not gonna it's not it's not this place. It's not this film, but it's something super cool. And he says that I think you got a better shot at that. And that film is Repo Man. Wow, wow, wow! But you don't know. You just don't know. Yeah, you're uh, like really you, you fucking of, Santa Monica right, and Rush Hour. God right. damn and, it! And okay. you know, I wanted that job in, in you know in, in Sixteen Candles so badly. Yeah. And yet, Repo Man felt like the, the yeah. movie prize. Yeah, and in, in in fact, but I, that's a film that has lasted and yeah. uh, endured what mm-hmm. thirty some years. Now. Yeah, but I gotta say, I, uh, I it's interesting that you know all this like talking about the Trump White House and nepotism and you know, and I know you've had your worked with your dad and your brother in movies, but I'm like going, there's no way you'd have this career. It's you're just fucking talented, man. You are I, as a writer, a director, an actor. I mean, it, it, uh, it's just extraordinary the, the the breadth of your. There's some shit on that resume. Too. Oh, honey, I wasn't gonna bring. <laughs> There's some. I shit. I was gonna bring up the raspberries. Um, no. In fact, I think you, I was nominated. Listen, for Men at Work, <laughs> as you have said with your brother Charlie Sheen, was um, you said people have come up to you and said that's the best, funniest film I've ever seen, right. and you said I question 
how many films those people have seen. <laughs> That's right. That's you were right. garbage men, as I recall. That's right. We were. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Where that film belonged in the garbage. Oh. <laughs> now wait a minute. I've read so much. I mean, seriously, I thought I knew everything about you. Sorry. But I'm like, I. Sorry for I, some of it. No, no, no. <laughs> but I. Uh, it's Any so scandals? funny because no we, scandals, had, right? we Those... had Stephen Baldwin on, and he talked about how the Baldwin brothers literally, like, they knocked each other's teeth out. They were trying to punch each other, and one of them punched their mother, and they went, she went in the fireplace. And like, but you talk about like you fought with Charlie your whole oh, yeah. Yeah. childhood. We you did. just didn't get along. Well, we got along <laughs> because we lived under the same roof. We had to. It's like but, brothers um, and sisters. It's like you and your brother beating up on you. My brother hung me. Really? Seriously? Jeez. Really? Yeah. With a with a rope, yeah. What else do you? Have? Well, I mean, you know, often we read we read about bed sheets and we no from the banister. He had a chair set up and he was like, "Hey, Steffi, come here, put your neck in here." And I was like, "Okay." I was a little sister. You're the oldest, right? I am. Yeah. You'll do anything for yeah. the oldest. I, my, yeah. I was like, "Yes, Billy. Yes. What? Okay." And, they and all... then he took the chair away, and I was like, "Go get mom." We could have lost you. And he did, in his defense, go get mom, which. If anything can be compared to the look on your mother's face when she sees her youngest child being hung by the neck, she's like, Billy, cut her down! It wasn't your fault somehow? Yes. <laughs> All Republicans blame you, you me. It clearly was my fault for being a victim. <laughs> right. But he did cut me down when yes. my mother asked me. So what was that like with Charlie? With her? Was it like the Baldwin brothers? Because there was a lot of fistfights with the Baldwin brothers. There was a lot of, you know... Like right. gruesome shit, man. I, I do like remember. his mother ended up in the fireplace with a fireplace poker in her head. Like, I, I what? What is going on with boy children? I do remember one night Charlie and I got into it. Uh, in fact, he's writing a book right now, and he's going to include this as a chapter. Yeah. Uh, but there was one night where we got in some huge fight, and the wind and it was summer, and the windows were open, and it it uh, it it uh, devolved into "I'll kill you, I'll kill you, I'll fucking kill you," and then. And then it was, go ahead, kill me, you fucker. Get. I mean, it was back and forth. Right. The neighbors, of course, heard. Right. And uh, and ten minutes later, Uh-oh. three officers, Uh-oh. hands up. And yeah. you know, this was dead like, like thirty oh, years fuck, ago. This is an activism. Years ago, right? <laughs> this is some bullshit. <laughs> I'm not gonna get arrested for you kids again. <laughs> no, we were we were home alone. Oh, yeah. And uh, so they came to the door and they said, we've heard the, the neighbors heard someone's going to kill somebody and we're here <laughs> to make sure that that doesn't happen. And it was very embarrassing. Is everything okay Charlie and I looked at each other and, and started laughing hysterically. And that's the last fight we ever had. It took the police. It oh, took wow. three, three Because you and your sheriff. dad both went on uh, his sitcom, right? You, but you played an old yes. friend. Yeah, I did, yes. And I died in the first few minutes, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah. might have been a little yeah. passive-aggressive <laughs> something in there, but that's fine. <laughs> I'm sure if my brother wrote a sitcom, I would die in it. <laughs> I would die from the hanging. He also uh, dug a grave for me in the basement. That's not important now. Emilio. Off that note. Wait, on that note, I just, uh, yeah, I don't even know where... So even when you started uh, your when you agreed to this appearance, a brief appearance in Mighty Ducks, it was in exchange for Disney helping you finance and distribute your The War at Home film about veterans that That's your right. dad started. So right. you were always like you and your dad are amazing and you had these amazing careers and yet this sort of moral center whether it's West Wing or you know the stuff you've done, it's almost like you do this other stuff to fund your activism. Well, I'm still trying to Make up for men and women. 
<laughs> There's no need. Well, clearly there is. You brought it up. One, I love the review. <laughs> one guy, about it. one guy said, "We are first walk out of happy hour." It's the funniest film I've ever seen. <laughs> first walk out of happy hour. Thanks, Steph. Minute work. I need the publicity. <laughs> if I can't get Martin Sheen a DUI, I gotta get Emilio Estevez to walk out. Walk out. <laughs> Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, so wait, um, right, because you as a, as a director, you, wait a minute, you also were the, you were the youngest writer-director ever of a major film you right? want to bring that one up too i, I get it but it's a terrible film my point it's a is terrible wisdom film. is yeah. that what we're talking oh, about yeah thank you no thank but you. you're a <laughs> baby you're just a baby i was 23 you're baby. i was surrounded by the most amazing crew danny elfman was my composer oh wow uh, dennis gassner was my uh, production designer uh, who's gone on to win i don't know how many oscars since then uh, Adam Greenberg, who just shot The Terminator, was my cinematographer. Right. Bernard Williams was uh, the producer who worked with Kubrick on uh, Barry Lyndon and, and, and uh, Clockwork Orange. This, uh, Michael Kahn was my editor, who wow. cuts everything that wow. Stevens done since Close Encounters. The script was shit. Yeah. Robert Wise was my executive producer. Wow. The, 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 the editor of uh, Citizen Kane and Magnificent Emerson. So I had this phenomenal support group, and, but I was 23. Yeah. And I thought, hey, I know what I'm doing better than all these people. <laughs> um, Robert Wise is not going to tell me what to do. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, mister. I'm he only directed Sound of Music and West Side so, Story. What the hell does he know? Can we talk about when you were 14? You went to the Philippines with your dad, Martin Sheen, uh, shooting Apocalypse Now. So you had a role as an extra. Mm-hmm. And your scenes were cut. God damn it. God damn it. What happened? Wait, who was it? Was uh, who's the actor? Was pulling you out of Lawrence Fishburne. Yes, yes. Lawrence Fishburne yes. was pulling you out of. Well, no, that was a separate issue. Lawrence, oh. Lawrence, the day I met Fishburne, we were all fourteen on that film, and he said, "Well, let's go." And we were staying on a house or some hotel that had a, was on a lake, and right. And he said, "Well, let's go in the boat. Let's go take a trip in the." And I said, "Sure." You know, you're fourteen years old. Somebody said, "Let's go for a little boat," and the engine broke down. And right. we started drifting to the shore. And I said, well, I'll, get, oh, I'll jump out and I'll push us away from the shore and maybe we can get this engine started again. And it was like quicksand. And I started to go down and Fishburne reached in and he was <laughs> my life. And of course, we didn't tell my parents about it. Cause, right. They're going to be real surprised when they hear this podcast. Who hasn't been <laughs> saved by Lawrence Fishburne? <laughs> and, we, and he and I bonded, of yeah. course, because you do in that. Yeah. 
instinct. Yeah. But so you were an extra. God damn it. So you so it, I was an extra later on when so uh, uh, it was a Dolong Bridge sequence, and uh, they they had us train for about three weeks mm-hmm. uh, while they were shooting other footage, and then they, there was I think it was like twenty of us. Yeah. Who were some had a line here, a line there, uh, and uh, and we shot it. And I had one line where I said, medic, get a medic over here right now. And oh. somebody got shot next to me. And yeah, Francis decided that uh, I was just not ready for... Francis uh, Coppola. Where's his for fucking the big body of work? But oh. to his credit, he yeah. did cast me in The Outsiders a few years later. I've heard, Five of, years I've heard of that film. Yes. Oh, see, now I thought maybe that you were a soldier that died. I thought you could reenact it for us no, since you ended up no. on the cutting room floor. No? No. No? <laughs> no? No, I was, oh. uh, no, I was... Screaming. Oh, just yeah. get a medic. Yeah, okay. get a medic. Yeah. All right. Well, better. I can see why he cut that. All right. <laughs> Stephanie. Yes. This is how just we get it. I'm not kidding. I'm not helping with bookings. Now, what? <laughs> but here's the other thing your dad talked about, is how proud of he, uh, he was of you that you didn't ever, you kept your name. Which is his name, fight. Estevez. Huge fight. And, but he was saying, in his generation, like, I don't know if he would have been Martin Sheen if he'd had... Okay. A Hispanic surname, but he, you know, he was proud of you that you. Well, you have to remember in 1958. Yeah. Sure, I don't remember it, Emilio, but thank you. From a historical context, you, of course, remember (laughs) it. I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The Puerto Ricans were being blamed for everything in New York. And so my dad, with this, his real name is Ramon Estes. And the casting director said, dude, what? What? Uh, You don't look anything like. You don't look Puerto Rican, and so he decided, hey. But even in the in in 1980, when I started going out on auditions, casting directors and and managers and agents here in this town would say, you know, you have the Sheen name, you should use it. You don't look Hispanic, and and my dad and I had that conversation. He said, don't make the same mistake I did. Yeah. And, what uh, and what did you was there? I made other mistakes. <laughs> Was there any discussion between you and Charlie or your dad why he chose to keep it and you didn't, or it just was personal decision? Charlie takes shortcuts. <laughs> oh, what? Did I just do what? not use that clip to <laughs> sell this. No, do not, not, Travis. I'm editing it out. God damn it, Travis! Don't. Carlos, Carlos your Estevez, friend. you're not fooling anybody, <laughs> fucker. You fucker. <laughs> So, can we? All right, let's talk about the whole uh, the eighties because uh, uh, obviously, like you said, the out, uh, the outsiders. Um, so, uh, okay, after outside, I'm trying to like remember the whole because it was fast, man. I don't know if it seemed. I'm sure it seemed as fast and blinding as you as mm. it did to the rest of us because it was like outsiders, Repo Man, Breakfast Club, San Elmo's Fire. That was then. This was now. Um, yeah. Young Guns is in there, too, somewhere? Little yeah, little Young Guns little was little in there. 1988 was Young Stakeout, Guns. Stakeout, Young Guns, right. It was a really good time to be a young actor in this town. I mean, they couldn't yeah. make movies fast enough, and you know, which is why so many of them are forgettable. I was very fortunate to be in movies that have lasted throughout, you know, across generations. You probably get asked this all the time. Do you have favorites? Was there a favorite experience in filming, whether it was St. Elmo's Fire or Brat Pack or, you know, or excuse me, Breakfast Club or... I mean, did you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, that looked to us to be so much fun. Right. What was it like? The you film? know, I always remember all the anecdotes when I'm in the car driving away. From the <laughs> it's like, damn it. God damn it. That story. Why and I'm laughing. Ali <laughs> Sheedy really did eat sugar and paste. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I went to USC after theater school with her and Eric Stoltz. 
Yeah, yeah. and Anthony sure. Edwards all wow. at the same time. Wow. Yeah, That's and I'm like, they'll never be anything. <laughs> they'll end up in their basement. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Emilio. <laughs> no, they were wildly talented then, and they still are. But so what, but was the experience fun at all? Like, people always wonder, like, what was that like? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah for sure they were fun. It was one of the things that doesn't happen now, which happened, at, at, in, it, which was sort of the norm, when we were, is there would be two or three or four weeks of rehearsal. Right. In the, in the case of Young Guns, they would, take us out and have us uh, do uh, horseback and riding yeah. training and shooting training. And yeah. So that doesn't happen anymore. Oftentimes, and, and, and the same could be said even for the public, which is what the film we just did, yeah. you're meeting actors for the first time on the set. Yeah. You've had maybe a conversation with them prior to them arriving and talked about the character, they've read the script, they've agreed to do it, and now it's they show up on set in, in hair and makeup and wardrobe and... Hey, how you doing? But it, so, but it, so you, I lose that the the those two weeks. I, I really miss yeah. those two weeks where you could get together and work and really workshop the movie before you put it in front of the camera. But in What's the also, case of of you know Breakfast Club, Saint Elmo's Fire, like as you became actual friends with those people, was it easier? Was it harder? Was it in an acting sense? I, I think what happens is when you're in, when you're on location, especially you're with a group of people. Everybody gets very close, and then everybody goes off to do other yeah. films, and they go all over the country or the world. And and I think, I guess we we sold it well. We sold right. the friendships well. They didn't right. particularly last years and years. Yeah. But um, but wait, so but, Demi Moore though, you were uh, you did Wisdom um, with uh, Demi Moore. Right. We were engaged. Yeah, that's what I thought. We were engaged. Yeah. Oh so my and, God! Does, did Rob Lowe know? No, I'm just kidding. No, but but, <laughs> so but I'll tell you. But, I'm so but back I'm gonna, in the... but, I'm, but, I'm, but there's an Alec Baldwin component to this. Oh, what? Very funny. This is a, this is in your new movie. And Alec doesn't even know this. And story. Alec's in his latest film. Al- okay, go Alec ahead. Does not know this story. Uh oh. Oh. <laughs> Juicy gossip. So, Do not use this clip. This is the clip no, to sell no, the show. Gosh, this is the clip to sell the show. Alec Baldwin does not know the truth of 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 how he came to be known by me, and that and that is. Well, there was a bunch of us. There was a group of us. It was, you know, Tom Cruise and, and, and Sean Penn. And, yeah. Uh, and it was, so we were, we were all be up for the same roles, and, we'd, you know, we'd, we'd fight it out, and someone right. would get the, get the offer, and someone would be in, 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 in waiting. If that person passed, then you'd step in. And so we were all sort of kind of interchangeable for a moment. <laughs> Along comes Alec Baldwin. Right. He's six foot something. He's that ridiculously handsome. He's a wonderful actor, and the whole town is a buzz. All you're hearing is Alec Baldwin, Alec Baldwin, Alec Baldwin. You and Tom Cruise are out slamming tequila. (laughs) Who's this fucking Baldwin guy? He's a dick. He's too tall. Right. So, Demi and I are are engaged. She has a, uh, she's living in a little bungalow that she owns in, in, in West Hollywood, and she has to go to the dentist and leaves me home alone at her house, just sort of for you know, for the afternoon. Right. Do you remember the days when we used to have the, the little uh, uh, phone answering machines? And sure. You had the volume up. You could oh, so you can hear it. it. Oh, screen calls. Screen Hi, calls. Demi, right. it's Alec Baldwin. Right. Beep. <gasps> oh, I love this story. Go ahead. The phone rings. The volume's on. <laughs> Hello, Demi. It's Alec Baldwin. <laughs> and he's going on. 
and I don't know what I, I don't know what the relationship is after that point, but I'm I'm her fiance. Did you pick it up? It's Emilio. No. Activision. No, no, no. No. No, no. No. I just laid and wait. I walked over the machine and I said, hmm. Hmm. "Interesting." Hmm. Alec Baldwin just called. Interesting. Hmm. Huh. Erase. Oh. <laughs> I hit the erase. Oh. And I felt. Like I had just given him some like some yeah. some right like hook, cold, cold cocked, like cold him, cocked him. I knocked wow. Alec Bowman flat. Yeah, he's out. Overly tall, <laughs> done, fucker. To this day, I don't know if she ever heard the message right. or or he ever called right. back. Years later, <laughs> Ali Sheedy calls me. She says, "Hey, I'd like to you know I was running a little house on the beach, and she said, hey, 'Hey, I'd like to come by and and uh, and see about. I'm with a friend, and and is it okay?' And she didn't say who it was." Hey, it's Allie. I open the door and it's oh, Alec. Shit. Oh, shit. And I'm just staring at him and I'm thinking, does he know? <laughs> so far, I'm not, he hasn't hit me. I haven't hit him. Demi and right. I had split up at that point. Right. But, uh, but to this day, I haven't told him that story. And he ended up being wow. the sweetest guy. Yeah. He, we, wow, he stayed all afternoon. We, yeah. we ate. I cooked dinner for him. It, it, was, it was an amazing day. And I remember... You're Just like Mr. Big and what's his name guilt, in Sex and the City the now. You're best I've, friends. The, I, it's, well, we are now, but but at the time I felt so guilty. I was so I was so mortified. I thought he's so nice. How could I have ever? No, listen, his he's nice. I love him as an actor. I love him uh, as uh, politically. But he has stiffed me twice for sexy liberals. So fuck him. I'm totally on your side until he does happy hour, and then I'll be like, fuck you. He just now, had hip surgery yesterday. So, did he yeah, really? Did he use that as as an excuse? I will go lick his hip. Well. You will come do happy hour. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what it means either. Well, it, it that's sounds... the greatest story ever. Well, it's in the story. history of ever. <laughs> that's and, and so and so now he and I have been friends. He worked on the film last. Right. We we shot last uh, January 2017. We're we're. I mean, he's texted me all the time. Right. It's, right. it's a love fest. Right. I still haven't told him the story. Okay. Can you? That's how we get Alec Baldwin on the happy hour. Just say, Hey, Alec. We have a story from me you've never heard before. You oh. want to hear it? Just come on. Come in. Come see us. All right. But who's guilty? So, is it Alec or is it Denise? Mm. Who's guilty? Ken well, Esmas. Ken what, Esmas. What, guilty. What, was he just. <laughs> Ken Esmas. Guilty. It depends on who comes and does a happy hour with us first. <laughs> Ken Esmas Jorge. Can we get Demi? Then, then totally Alec Baldwin. We're team Demi if she comes in. <laughs> if Alex come, if Al comes in. It's... Well, you don't know. Was he just trying to pick her up or was there something going on? You don't know. We, we At this point, we don't know. Yeah, because he always sounds like he's just about to come. So you never know. It's like, ah, oh, it's Alec. It's Alec Baldwin. Right? Like, you don't know. What, I mean, what the fuck's going on with him? <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> is he calling to check in or is he calling for phone sex? Either way, either way I'm happy You've to hear had from an him. interesting romantic history, obviously. <laughs> famously married to Paula Abdul. Now, straight up, tell me. Did you really think you were going to be with her forever? Wow. What? What? Did you really think I was going to go there? <laughs> straight up. Tell me. Do you? No. How was it? No, no, no. What? It was. Was there two an steps animated forward, cat? Was, three now, steps was, back. now was that cheating thing an animated cat? <laughs> was Scat Cat involved in that? <laughs> Sorry. No. You know what? Well, you know what's interesting? It's I. I, I had a great. Yes. Two you years. Actually, I, she and I were. You're we're really good friends for, with Demi Moore still. You're obviously a good guy. We are. And Paula and I, uh, we were married for two years. 
And I hadn't seen her in seven, which is odd. You know, you're in this town. You figure you're going to run into somebody. You're going to bump sure. into them somewhere. Sure. And I, the only time I came out of a bathroom in a restaurant, and she was there. <gasps> and uh, Wow. And that awkward. was it. And I've seen it. It was a bit awkward. Awkward. And that was the only time that I have seen her since we divorced. Wow. 1994. Wow. wow. But it was okay. It was, it was fun. She yeah. was lovely. And I, and, and Did I, she choreograph it? <laughs> you go that way, I'll go this way. <laughs> Twyla, Twyla, Fawzi, Fawzi. Okay. <laughs> That's a choreographer joke. I'm enjoying this. I don't know if he is. Okay. Now. <laughs> More wine. <laughs> He's getting red again. He brought wine. It's his fault. He brought me all this wine from Ohio. And Cincinnati beer. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. Yes. Wine goes to beer. And uh, can oh. I just, can I just, yes, flip the tables on this? Yeah. Uh-oh. Can, oh. I, can I just say what a fan I am? Okay, this is going to be an after party for the ages. uh, It's so surreal to be sitting here. I mean, I've followed the show for so long. That was weird. He walked in. He's like, oh, my God, Travis, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wait, what? I know. He's sitting for... (laughs) What? uh, This? Yes. When I lived in a hotel in Santa Monica last year, I had this. I carried this. I I read it. Well, I read the first couple of paragraphs, but then I... (laughs) Well, thank God you and no one in your family has ever gotten any publicity, so I can see how that was overwhelming for you i was so happy when i saw it I thought, oh thank you finally no you you and your uh, i'm not crazy and dad <laughs> she crazy. is that good they are that good i miss vanessa i'm yeah no that's okay no, it's okay no she, we, she and all, i were we, facebook listen, buddies we're all family we're vanessa all and I were facebook chris is chris is coming back chris is coming yes i will chris Even is though coming Jim back Carrey said week. not to didn't he say shouldn't we all dump our facebook yes 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 no, Chris is coming back next week. We're all family. Um, I don't care what Jim Carrey says. He had me thrown off a set. Wait, what? 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 Story time. Anyway. <laughs> We're Wait, talking about you. Why, no, why did he have you thrown off the set? What'd you do? I, what I did, did you do, Emilio? Emilio? <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But no, I, I was singing your praises. Wait, and Jim Carrey doesn't like me? Wait, no, what? Jim Carrey's telling all of us to dump our Facebook account. Oh, I see. Okay, let's move on. Now... <laughs> I didn't even realize you not only were in Apocalypse Now at 14, you uh, were in an episode of The West Wing right. as a younger version of your dad's character. You were uh, Jed Bartlett. Featured on a TV in the deep, deep, deep background. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, uh, I still get residuals. Oh, well, that's oh, the important thing. Four You're cents. like, thank you, Four Daddy. <laughs> um, also, close personal friend of Bon Jovi. You were in his music videos. He was in Young Guns, etc. That's right. How did that happen? Well, so... I was a uh, you know, fan of that song that he uh, wrote called Wanted Dead or Alive, and we listened to it during the first Young Guns. And you know, here, he, he, Al, Ali Sheedy's like patient zero. She's, uh, she, she was friendly with... And me too, from USC Theater. <laughs> she's the, she, she was friends with John and Richie Sambora, and she introduced John and I. And John says, hey man, you know, I love Young Guns 1. Can I be involved with Young Guns 2? I said, yeah, why don't you come out to... Uh, uh, Mexico and yeah. we'll throw you in and do a cameo. He shows up in the middle of shooting and he says, hey, um, I wrote a song and I'd love to play it for you. And I said, oh my God, whatever. Well, sure. You know, <laughs> How good could it be? He's, he's like, uh, can I play it for you now? And he had it written on a piece of lined right. book paper and he sat down and played in the guitar and it was, it was Blaze of Glory. Wow, and I and I had the day off, and I said, "Get in the car." 
we drove to set. I said, there's the director and producers. Go in there and play it for them. And, and he did. And uh, he was nominated for an Oscar. I think he won the Golden Globe for, for the song. And, yeah. uh, and a, an entire album was born out of, uh, uh, out of yeah. that, out of that uh, experience. So, so, yeah, he and I have, have been friends for a while. And that was, uh, I think that was his first solo album, wasn't it? Wow, you, there's so many interesting fun cut. You were the best man at uh, Tom Cruise and Mimi Rogers' wedding. Mm-hmm. Yes. Where we checked. Did that yes, seem like was. it was going to work out? It did. <laughs> it did. Okay. Well, I mean, don't they all? I, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're I mean, act- you're, you're you're rooting for people. I mean, I, I I hope that people were rooting for me when when I got married. But well, yes. But, but you're happily single now. I, I am happily single. Yes. Stephanie Things are that. looking up for Mama. Um, <laughs> now wait a minute. You have kids. You have two kids. How old? I have two adults. With, uh, I have two adults. I uh, have Carrie uh, Sally, a Wilhelmina model. Okay. Well, I'm. Listen. Can you make the lighting a little darker in here? My son is 33. I'm no. 34 Fucking way. My my daughter's 32. I have I have adults. I have, wow. I have adult children. You spawned adults. Wow. And so, uh, wait a minute. So. Uh, Okay. I started very, very obviously, very wow. young, and, and I just learned how to tie my shoes, and I said, you're what? <laughs> so what do they do, and where are they? Where are your kids? Uh, they're here. They live oh, in L.A. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My son is a stuntman. Oh. A stunt coordinator, stuntman. And, Interesting. Uh, he worked on the public with me, and my daughter is a, a, a drummer. Oh, wow. And uh, she and, and her partner, her wife, live in... Um, <gasps> Live oh in. Uh, wait, you just uh, changed things they for have, Stephanie. Wait, okay, all right. Wait, they now, have gays now, in the family. Everybody, hang on. Now Stephanie's like, wait, gays in the why family. Why Amelia when I have his daughter? Because she has she's a partner. Are you paying attention? She's, she's way too young for that me. That wouldn't stop her. Listen. Wow. <laughs> yes, it would. This I'm is, in love with Amelia now. This is turning into unhappy hour. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm gonna shut up. No, it's not. Shit's gonna stop start flying. Fucking harsh in my buzz, motherfucker. <laughs> So wait, no, yes. I just love that yes. you were, so when you were engaged to Demi Moore, you remain good friends. Mm-hmm. You starred as a feuding married couple in the movie, Bobby, alongside right. Ashton Kutcher, who That's was right. at the time her husband, her right. real life husband. That's right, yeah. Yeah, it's all so messy in Hollywood, isn't it, Emilio? It's all. I'll tell you what, I am I, friends, oh. I am, with, and not Paula, just because she, she and I don't see each other, but, right. but um, I have nothing but good things to, to say about her, and I have right. great thoughts, but I'm friends with all of my exes. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it, me too, mostly, just, except for the really crazy one. Except for the felony. You never one. want to walk into a restaurant and say, uh-oh, uh, I don't know. Right? CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Okay, here's the other reason I'm in love with you. You make wine in your own vineyard? I did. When that did, was... What? Huh? We could be so happy. She's back on Team Emilio now. She's totally back on your team. <laughs> That's the thing that brings me back over the line. My, um, uh, she's straight. Yeah, I, she's okay, into wine. Okay, can I just say, though, because I, I told your mom I'm already in love with your husband and now your son. I apologize. I know it's messy. But uh, one of the things you said in an interview, you said the most significant thing my father taught me is my job is no more or less important than someone else's. Um, and What bullshit. He's full of <laughs> shit. <laughs> but, like, uh, that seems like that's the way you guys have, you know, lived your life. Like, uh, you know, just, like, fighting for the working man and the guy. That's what your new film's about. Um Hang on. I used to Google your name and see what came up, and then it hurt a lot. Because... Yeah, that was back in the day. Oh, okay. I don't anymore. I just now expect it. I, I expect the haters. I mean, this is that was I, that's an old quote. That's before haters started hating. Well, no one should hate you. You are the fucking stuff of life. Um. Okay. Can we? Okay, but let's talk about your new film because it's like a. a outgrowth of everything you've been and done in your life and the trailer looks so amazing and it's starring Alec, you and Alec Baldwin and uh, Christian Slater. It's called The Public mm. and it, it takes place in the Public Library of Cincinnati That's right. where you're the head librarian there. The, you, the library represents a place of community where rich, poor, young, old, homeless alike exercise their constitutional right to access information. The library also serves as a secondary purpose for the homeless population of Cincinnati to shelter them from the el- from the elements, um, so there's a cold snap coming. You're, I've seen the you know, obviously the trailer. Uh, homeless guy that you knew as your character dies. It's what tell us how this whole thing started because it's just an amazing film. I mean, from what I can see from everything, the trailer and all the reviews. Well, um, this started eleven years ago. Uh, there was an article in the LA Times written by a former Salt Lake City librarian named Chip Ward, and Chip was retiring because he got to a place where he said, I'm no longer just a librarian. I'm a frontline first responder. Yeah, uh, That is my job now. And, and libraries are, are de facto homeless shelters, and I'm overwhelmed. And I spend the bulk of my day not doing what I went to library school for. I have this degree in library science, and it's useless. Not useless, but yeah. it, but compared to what he thought he would be doing, it was far, far from it. And so the, the article talked about how that this is epidemic. Now, I had done a lot of research for Bobby at the downtown public library, mo- almost all my research, and I spent months there uh, in the basement in um, uh, where the archives are, where uh, and it's all on micro- microfiche. Yeah, fiche. Right. So and I knew exactly what Chip Ward was talking about. I knew these people, and I and I finished reading the article, and I said, "This is the next picture I want to make. Yeah. I want to I want to write the script. I want to celebrate librarians. I want to celebrate the institution of libraries, and we take them for granted because most people have access to computers and cell phones, and, right? Right. But most people don't actually. The truth is, most people don't. Yeah. Uh, our friends do. The people we know do. Yeah. But if your access to a computer, which is limited, Maybe two hours in a day. You have to get every. You have to look for a job. Yeah. You have to write your family, tell them you're still alive. You uh, maybe the uh, a source of entertainment, watch a movie, catch up on news, and then you're off the computer and you're, you know, you're you're out the door or, yeah. or or finding yourself in a corner with a book. And so, so I I wanted to tell the story 
uh, I wanted, it was originally going to be set here in L.A., and I thought, you know, we really don't have the cold snaps that, that they do in the Midwest. And, and um, I love this interview. <laughs> you said well, it was originally meant to be set in L.A., uh, L.A. Public Library. They said, we haven't had a film crew in here since the last one almost set the whole building on fire, and those sprinklers went off. Right. And I said, what production was that? And he said, well, it was the West Wing. Right. So you and your <laughs> fucking troublemaker father, again, true. with this bullshit. I mean, <laughs> but so I love the whole, so Michael K. Williams, the character, his character leads an Occupy-style peaceful sit-in, right. refusing to leave. It, with your support, the homeless embark on a night-long struggle to occupy the library, remain sheltered from the cold, because right. a lot of people are dying outside right. in the cold. Right. The, anyway, but I love that it says the film brings up a variety of contemporary issues such as the use of police force, the tendency of media to sensationalize the news, and the issue of public spaces, how they should be used or not. But I, I, a lot of shit we're dealing with in Trump's right. America, right? right? Yeah. Fake news, yeah. All the of media, it. this. All of it. Yeah. yeah. It's... Um... And, and, and I think it's just sort of, it became more relevant, the story did, as Trump got elected in this last year. And as we're seeing this war on yeah. poor people. Yeah. Uh, and that's exactly what it is. It's a war on, it, it, it's a war on poor people. It's a class war. And, and the film really details that. Uh, it's, it's um, sadly... Uh, it, it's where exactly where we find ourselves. Uh, in fact, just this last December, a homeless guy uh, froze to death in a bus bench that I walk past every day when I'm in the city. Yeah. Uh, there were in, in 2016, 80 people died on the streets of Portland. Portland. Yeah. Where, yes, it gets I've cold. Seen, and yes. I've seen the police rounding up homeless near me here. Like, you know, in terms of. I mean, it's such a prescient issue in terms of Trump's America. I mean, right. I was reading right. somebody's post, uh, you know, about the Santa Barbara Film Festival, uh, you know, college kid that went that wrote this. You saw this, this did, amazing yeah. post yeah, about she this. She really got underneath the skin of the film and, and yeah. understood it um, in a granular way. But, I mean, talks about how the issue of homelessness feels closer than ever because in Santa Barbara, all the fires and all the, you know, fire and mud and, you know, blah, blah, blah. As one character in the film points out, homelessness is only a job loss away. Perhaps it's because the festival was beginning as the loss is still hanging in the air as we're still navigating our way around roadblocks where streets were swept away. that The festival opener felt like church. Mm -hmm. But um, just an amazing sort of experience of the film, but also review I love her. She says, the, this is one of my favorite films, the public feels old-fashioned in a good way, a touch of Jimmy Stewart, a moral tale without smugness or self-righteousness. Although the film is political, it's not cynical. When pastors appear, they're good people. You see the church, specifically the black church, making space for the homeless and defying the police to bring food and supplies into a stand-up where violent tension has escalated behind all reason. It seems like every issue of the Trump world in America crystallized into one. As to who are we as a country, as if you call yourself a Christian, right? All of it. And and when did um, when did uh, calling yourself a liberal become a bad word? Yeah. Right. When did we, when did that become bastardized? And we, oh my God. Yeah. It's it's we're human. Yeah. And and I think that our obligation it's it's we have a moral imperative to look out for each other. I don't care what side of the aisle yeah. you're on. I've I don't done care what your religion is. I've done Stations it, of the Cross with your dad downtown, the, you know, because he's, just, as you say, so Catholic. He and he indeed. really uh, walks the talk as you do. I, 
But when you, but when you, I'm sorry to cut you off, but when you use words like obligation, people say, oh, I feel obligated, and it feels burdensome. But if you say moral obligation or moral imperative, moral imperative is like, okay, huh, how do I disagree with that? Yeah. But I'm, yeah. No, I mean, I just, I love this review. It's a film that also speaks perfectly to the moment. This is the dark side of America, one of the wealthiest nations on earth, where hundreds of people freeze to death every winter. And then there's the America where corrupt institutions, selfish individualism converge. Trump is made worse. A, a public prosecutor campaigning for the mayor calls for law and order, then manufactures fake news to help his cause. Mm-hmm. Heavy-handed police tactics turn a low-key protest into a life-or-death situation. A TV reporter is so inter- obsessed with her Twitter following, she gets the story completely wrong. While glued to her smartphone, she misses the opportunity for multiple scoops. <laughs> this is yeah. everything that got us to Trump's America yeah. today, right? Indeed it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so no wait, we I don't. I don't. And I you don't said we take, can't talk about it. it's, but you're. It's about so, to be right. We're in the middle of, of putting together a deal. Yeah, we're to sell it, uh, and and for the film to enjoy a wide release and wide distribution, theatrical. So because I believe that the film is a shared experience, uh, there are some films that are that should be go right to Netflix or right to VOD or right to you know the streaming platforms. This is a film that that works in an audience. And there is a, yeah. you know, the, 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 the chant is make some noise and you feel people galvanized towards a common goal uh, as you're sitting it's in like, the it, it feels it to feels me. It feels like a movement. Uh, like the resistance. It feels to me like the resistance. It is this, that. Like, it I, is that. For, Christian Plater, uh, plays the douchebag. Uh, <laughs> wonderfully, by the way. <laughs> wonderfully. He's the prosecutor, law and order. We can't set precedent. The library's not a homeless shelter. Blah, blah, blah. Alec Baldwin, a uh, uh, police negotiator. Living with a loss that he's eating him alive, finds struggling to do the job that is expected of him. Mm. Um, I love that it sounds like the characters are not just of black and white. No, they're they're kind no. of nuanced as people are. Everybody's incredibly flawed, and yeah. and during the course of the night, you they the flaws are revealed and the secrets are revealed about who they are, and what they're struggling with, and uh, and it, and it feels very real and it feels again feels very relevant and timely. Yeah. Let's talk about the most important part, that there are a couple of homages to Stephanie Miller in there the film. Indeed. Let's talk <laughs> let's talk about that. Let's let's bring this back to me. <laughs> no, you just played them for me on I your did. iPhone and they're hilarious. I did. I did. There's a there's a moment where um, uh, Jenna Malone plays a couch activist. She's she wants to be an activist and she and she's you know, she posts memes on her on her Facebook page and she's like, you know, power to the people and you know, and and now confronted with this lockdown and confronted with police, she is has a meltdown, uh, and she confronts my character and she says, uh, you know, this is, I, I can't do this. And I said, what are you talking about? This is totally within your wheelhouse. You're the one who's always like, vive la resistance, vive la resistance, ha ha, ha ha, ennui, Emilio Estevez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was the first one. <laughs> the second one. Is when we were uh, we had to choose a ringtone uh, for Jenna Malone's phone. Later in the film, she's being confronted by the police, and she's pushing back. And she says, "You guys are you know violating my Fourth Amendment rights." And blah blah blah. And her phone rings, and of course, it's. Hello. <laughs> Your mom and, and, wrote me this, and I almost plots. She's like. Emilio wants to meet you. She he put a homage in his film. I was like, "What is with you people? You're too nice. What is happening?" And, and there was some criticism from some of the people, some of the production people who said, "You know, there's going to be maybe 
four people that are going to get that. And I said, no, 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 no. You the resistance will get it. You don't want Stephanie Miller. The most important person will <laughs> get know, it. Yes. The only person that I care about who gets this oh. will get this. Oh, God. Mrs. Emilio Estevez. Just Mrs. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just signing things. I'm just signing things. Okay, can I just read a couple more things from this review because I love it. Uh, although the film de- deals with heavy themes, it's not weighted down by them. The hum- there is humor and affection and humanity here. The characters may be drunkards. Dr- That's what? another homage to stuff. Stop it. Drug addicts. Conspiracy theorists. <laughs> Many of them struggle with mental illness. They also are le- readers and philosophers, veterans who fought for their country, former family men who paid their taxes before they lost it all. I, that is the whole uh, resistance summed up, isn't it? It is. It's all of us. It's, uh, you know, um, the film takes the very ordinariness of the setting and transforms it. Small characters become big. Those who are often treated as throwaway people demonstrate courage and thoughtfulness. There's a hardness here, but there's also hope. I like that the public lets its morals show. I like the hints of church in it, the hints of sentimentality edged with steel. I like that there's complicated characters who nevertheless do the right thing. In this era of fake news and cruel policy and narcissistic self-absorption, we do not need cynicism. We need uprightness. We need earnest truth-telling and people who take a stand for right. We also need the right amount of humor and self-deprecation so that we don't become judgy and smug. This is what the public does. I hope it becomes more widely available soon. And God bless. Sincerely, God bless the United States. God bless (laughs) the United States. Uh, Our America. I mean, I can't wait to see the whole film. And I'm deeply in love with you, Janet. Let's get this done. Call me. Um, I just, I've been loving you since Breakfast Club, him since Mighty Ducks. It's, uh, this has just been overwhelming. <laughs> and we were just saying, if you stay here, because you, we're going to stop this whole moving to Ohio thing where you sold your house here and bought a house there. But if you crash here. Yes. I mean, well, we're just saying, and I'm you come fine. down and yeah. you just comment when you want to on the morning show. Breakfast Club jokes. Breakfast club jokes every morning. It's breakfast club. I bet you we could get Ally Shady here, and I'll be like at my USC dorm again. I think she lives in New York, so I think we have to do okay, a call. Whatever, we'll fucking figure it out. <laughs> Emilio, don't, don't arch my buzz. <laughs> sure, um, how can we help you and support your film and, and help? You uh, are you are you're supporting it every day by being on on, right. on the air. Let's Truly, support my, our and, marriage. And uh, you know, I think that it's so easy, and we you know. This writer talked about this yes. in, in the piece. It is so easy to be judgy and smug and cynical, but I think that we are all prisoners of hope. Yep. We're not, I'm not an optimist. Yeah. Right. That's just too. That's. Too, but I'm a prisoner of hope, and I think that you know, as, as, as you guys, you you grind people's stones, but I think that you are also <laughs> you are you are prisoners of hope as well. And and the work that you're doing here is is really really inspiring, and it's inspired me. To, to keep the fight and to want to continue making movies like I'm like deeply, deeply so. in love. And I just, I don't mean in any kind of uh, higher way. I mean in a really filthy way. <laughs> I will show you now on the after party. Emilio Estevez. <laughs> what a you. thrill. What an Thank honor. You. But you know what? Upper chakras and lower chakras are all kind of. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I love you. I love you more. Emilio Estevez.